Hello mamas and welcome to season 2 episode 11 of Bump to Mum. I'm your host Emma and this week I'm bringing you a conversation with Alice Sip. Alice is the owner of Flock Events and actually owns a couple of other businesses and she is also a mama to three. Um, she has a toddler who is three years old and she has twins that are just over one. To say Alice has her hands full would be an understatement of the century. She is incredibly busy running multiple businesses and looking after her three kids with her husband. Um, what we chat about in this conversation is, I guess, what does life look like with three under three? What did, well, you know, was there maternity leave when you're your own business owner? Um, no, there is not, basically, short story of that, but um, Alice talks us through what maternity leave looked like for her, um, how she was juggling the work, the mum life, um, how she felt when she found out she was pregnant with twins, um, and what life was going to look like from there. She also talks through, I guess, all the twin mamas out there, any tips um, that have worked for her in terms of juggling all three of them. Um, she's got, you know, two busy two busy little kids but also a toddler um, now as well so it's a very full-on lifestyle um, what I really love about this chat is Alice shares with us how you know she was able to find her balance between work and being a mother um, it took her time it looked different at different stages she's opened other businesses between you know her first and second pregnancy um, and learnt a lot along the way. Um, she gives some tips in terms of um, you know other business owners out there how they might want to juggle it and to just all the career women men out there that you know there's no you don't need to feel guilty for for needing to or wanting to go back to work or having to go back to work um, you know, it, it's a crazy world out there at the moment. It's just getting increasingly more expensive. And the reality is, is that parents, most of us have to work. So um, it's it's cool to hear Alice's perspective on all of that. One of the questions I asked Alice, and I just love to answer, was um, around, how do you do it all? How do you, how do you work? How do you look after all your kids? How do you run a household? How do you do all these things? And she just simply said, I don't. My house is quite often a mess, you know. I pick what I'm going to prioritize and I just have to let other things go. And for me, that has been such like a, a little nugget of wisdom from this conversation. Um, so yeah, I really hope you enjoy this chat. It's um, just a good old mom chat. Um, I really love speaking with Alice. I will tag her business accounts and, and Instagram profile in the show notes if you would like to check that out. It's just crazy that, you know, I'm coming to the end of season two of this podcast now. Um, it's, you know, over halfway through the year and I'm just kind of trying to figure out where the time has gone. Um, I am loving this season of the podcast. I've got some really exciting plans for the next season. I've got a couple of episodes left um, and then we'll be kicking off season three. So if you do have anything you want to hear or anything you think would be beneficial, please just message me on Instagram. I, I'm always so keen to hear what would be a useful conversation or someone that you would love to hear their motherhood journey. A very exciting thing happened for me and Louis and um, over the weekend was that he is finally saying mum, mum, ma. I've been hearing da, da, da for I would say a couple of months now and just out of nowhere over the weekend he 
started saying ma 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 and he is saying it all day long now it just music to my ears so um just shows you that persistence just keeping on saying it letting him see my mouth move he'll slowly pick up on it um and yeah it's so cute he's learning all these different sounds now he's very chatty he's also found the volume it seems in his voice box um things get pretty loud someone actually commented about it when we were on the beach this morning and and obviously that's an open door space and they were quite far away that they could hear him um so here's our little chatterbox um but yeah let's get into this week's episode i really hope you enjoy and yeah chat soon mamas hey alice thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today i would love for you to tell everyone that's listening a little bit about yourself and your family Hi, everyone. I'm Alice. Sip is my last name, and I am a mother of three. I have a three-year-old daughter, Harriet, and I have twins, Millie and Fletcher, and they are 14 months now. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So three under three. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess one's three now, so it sort of feels like we're getting there. But, um, yeah, Yeah. definitely for a while that was three under three. Very intense. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And so where are you based? What do you do for work? Tell us a little bit about that side of your life. Yeah, so I am based in Hawke's Bay. I am from here, moved overseas, moved back here with um, my husband to start businesses and a family. Mm. Um, I own a couple of businesses. I have Flock Events, which is a event hire company in Auckland, Hawke's Bay and soon to be Wanaka. Um, I also have a homeware store and cafe called Kindred Road and I have a co-working space called Canvas Co-working, which is a, a newbie to the family. <laughs> oh, wow. So you can't, And is that something you do with your husband, those businesses? Yeah. So we started um, Flock Together was a joint venture and Kindred Road is mine and Canvas is mine separately to Chris. Oh, Wow. So many questions coming to mind, like, oh my gosh, how the heck do you do all of this? But before we get into that, why don't you talk us through, I guess, where you're at in your motherhood journey at the moment? What does life look like with your three kids? Um, I'd love for you to share maybe like, what are some challenges? What are some things you're loving at the moment? Yeah, I'll um, kind of sort of join the business and and the babies together, kind of um, from Harriet, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so when we started Flock, we didn't have um, any children. And um, a year into our business, we had Harriet. Um, and so where we were in the business a year in was different with Harriet. Um, she was a sort of a dream baby, actually. We had a really good run with her. She was a home birth. She was easy, you know, slept through the oh, night wow. in four weeks. Yeah, oh, my really goodness. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, really <laughs> chill, baby. Um, and then we – so we launched the businesses out from there. And um, just last year, after sort of a little bit more established, and we were at um, – we had the twins, which were a surprise, but apparently hereditary. Um, so Ooh. they have – yeah, they've come into a business that's a little bit more established. Um, and they came in when I also had Kindred Road. And – canvas is post my twins so you know like the babies have come in at different points along the business Mm. um and I have changed a lot of where I am at in the business and me personally obviously along the road where when Harriet was born I was fully fully day-to-day out lifting furniture out on events 
and the twins have come into where I'm more um, computer-based and admin-based, um, still busy, but, you know, a yeah. different, um, different feel for where I'm at the company. And now I have got to the point where I'm a little bit more hands-off in the day-to-day operation of the businesses. So having three under three is a very different situation now mm. than it was when, you know, you're starting a business and you're really full-on and um, hands-on. So I've probably timed it fairly well with twins yeah. <laughs> in terms of yeah where I'm at and in a career if that makes sense absolutely and so looking like what is with the kid the ages the kids are at the moment like what are you really loving what's been challenging I'm sure there's plenty of you know highs and lows but is there anything that springs to mind initially yeah I mean I personally find I I haven't you know had a lot of um I haven't had the journey that some mothers have with hard newborns I have had Mm. you know quite easy newborns so I think for me um I am now sort of able to um go through that stage and enjoy it and now I'm coming into a stage that I find a little bit harder where Mm. I am so busy and I have got Millie my um girl twin she walked at 10 months um Fletcher learns to climb on everything I've got Harriet a three-year-old who's like on the go all the time so right now it's just like three kids going in three different directions um so I think that probably is the challenge versus you know three under three where two of them are completely stationary it's not as bad you know I think yeah yeah oh twins are so hard at the start and I'm thinking well my twins are going in different directions and there's you know just me so (laughs) I liked it when they were still. <laughs> yeah. So maybe wh- how, talk us through those feelings when you fi- found out you were pregnant and then pregnant with twins and you're realizing, okay, I've got like a very, like, what is it? A, what is the age gap between them? Like it's a close age gap as well. So Tyler, talk us through what that was like, you know, when because I think you mentioned just before it wasn't a, a planned pregnancy. Is that right? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously when you have, you know, a certain car, you notice all that car around you. And I think it's similar with twins, you know, you have twins and all of a sudden you notice all these twins. But before that, I thought it was this really rare thing to have Mm. twins. Maybe it still is, but I think it is becoming a little bit more common. Um, But I actually, I knew I was pregnant. I can sort of tell in my body, actually, when I'm pregnant quite early on, just changes. And Mm. um, so I sort of, I knew I was pregnant, but I didn't have any of the normal symptoms that go with pregnancy. So I actually went to an eight-week scan and told Chris, my husband, to stay home because I thought that I had miscarried. And I thought, oh, well, I don't have any symptoms, so this is likely not a viable pregnancy. So I said, like, you stay home, I'll go. Um, That sounds really callous, but I have had a history of miscarriage, so I think it sort of was a little bit more, you know, normal in our our day-to-day talk. and so I went to the scan and at this point, like I'm pretty busy at, and, you know, in life and work and I'm, I'm lying there and I could see these two little sacks and I thought, oh, that's probably like some weird, you know, blighted ovum or I don't know what it is, but it's something weird. And the lady, the um, sonographer was like, oh, this is so exciting. There are two. And I was like what (laughs) I don't think you know me I don't think you know my life this is not that exciting (laughs) um 
and and like what the heck sort of thing and yeah. I mean once I you know once we announced it at 12 weeks um everybody was like like this is so on brand for you to have twins you know <laughs> to be that busy and that was sort of like the top thing was like of course you're gonna have twins you know yeah um yeah but it definitely was a surprise and um I do okay pregnant, you know, I don't have rough pregnancy. So I was fortunate that um, I sort of worked until I was 34, 35 weeks. And um, yeah, it was okay. And, you know, I did have a good pregnancy, but I know that some people really struggle with twin pregnancies, heightened Mm. hormones and symptoms. Yeah, a lot of people have it really, really bad. So just fortunate in that regard, yeah. Gee, and so talk, yeah, so... Got to, so you got to 34 or 35 weeks. So what at what age were the babies born? Like how far along? Because it's a little bit earlier for twins, isn't it? Like it's everything slightly different. Yeah, I mean, without like this massive education of twins, um, yeah. there's just different types of twins, whether they share a sac, whether they share a placenta and all of those things and how ri- high risk they are depends on those um, things. Mm-hmm. So I actually had the lowest risk of twins, which are fraternal die-die, which means that they both have their own sac, they both have their own placenta. So you're basically growing two babies just side by side at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, I can actually go – sort of, you know, they try and say 38, 39 weeks. If I wanted to have pushed it to 40, I actually could have if there were no risk factors. So I had an elective C-section at 39 weeks on the dot, um, and that was um, just because of the positioning of the babies. But I had um, little Fletcher was 8 pounds, and Millie was 6.6 pounds. So I had two full-size babies (laughs) going on. Oh, I... I'm just trying to imagine how, like, it, I have to say, like, multiples just really do blow my mind. I just think, like, when you look at them and then you look at a human and you're like, how has that, how, how, how do they fit? Like, it's just, and those aren't little babies. Like, those are good size. Yeah. Yeah, good size babies. Yeah, and and a lot of people they don't have. I mean, I am rare, and I am in a few twin um, Facebook groups where they talk about you know people just talk about the size of your babies, and mine are always the top. You know, people always have a little wow reaction to the size. I don't think I knew that. I'm tall. Um, I'm like five foot nine, almost five foot ten. So you wouldn't have known. Like you would have known I was forty weeks, but you wouldn't have known I was um, that size with twins. Um, But I mean, even just the weight of that in the last four to five weeks of pregnancy was so difficult like just you know people think they're uncomfortable with one and they yeah. are but two is a whole other whole other game yeah it was really really mentally challenging actually the last few weeks of pregnancy just the weight that you're carrying um in your front because not only do you have those two you know 15 pounds of babies you've got mm. two placentas all the fluids and everything oh, you know yeah. that grows them Fletcher was bigger than my son Louis. Like, and I only had one cooking in there. <laughs> yeah, Fletcher's oh. a beast. Like, he's still a yeah. big boy. Yeah, he's still a big wow. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so, so during, yeah, very uncomfortable, obviously, then the elective C section. At least that's something I guess you had some control over around like when these babies are going to come and being able to kind of plan and prepare. How did you plan? Like, obviously, you've, you've had. Harriet, you've you've kind of got your I guess it's when you have twins for your first babies, you're kind of learning everything and you've got twins, but you would have had yeah. a little more confidence going into it in terms of your own parenting ability. But was there anything you did 
to kind of prepare for having two and then having Harriet as well? Yeah, I um, have a couple of people in my circle who have had twins and I think people naturally give you advice, twin mum to twin mum. And I've actually had that just with clients, previous clients or um, people that follow me on Instagram have messaged me for advice prior. And I sort of did the same thing because you sort of, there are a lot more questions, whether or not Mm. it's your first or second time, just as in how you survive. Um, But yeah, the elective C was interesting because I actually had it scheduled for a date earlier and I got rung on the morning and said, hey, you can't come in today because Skaboo's full and we can't take any twin elective C-sections without having beds in Skaboo, regardless of their weight or anything. Um, so I actually had it cancelled on the day that I was meant to go in. And, I mean, that was just horrific mentally to try and get oh, through wow. that when you're, you know, already done. Yeah. Um, so it actually got pushed out, I think, a few days. Um but Harriet was actually um, a home birth, an intended home birth. And so I had this complete idea of what I was going to do for my second baby, not realizing they were going to be twins. You know, same thing, home birth, really comfortable, had a great, great birth with Harriet. And then, yeah, ended up in this hospital situation, was quite nervous about it, but ended up having a fantastic experience with um, the staff and the doctors and midwives around me. Really, really great experience. But yeah, um, sort of planned, sort of not planned. I think that I just asked a lot of advice of twin mothers and what were their survival tips, really. And mm. a couple of them really did actually help me to survive, really. You know, just things that you don't think about. Because when you have two babies, you know, you don't actually just get to sit there and enjoy this newborn bubble. And and I understand that when you have a single baby, sometimes you don't too. If you've got a, you know, a colic or you're a hard baby, it's mm. really difficult. You're not sitting there enjoying it. It's a struggle. Um, but two is just actually a matter of like scheduling. There's not enough hands. You can't feed one baby because the other baby's needing to be fed. Um, you're learning to try and breastfeed two babies. You try or bottle feed two babies when you can't. How do you bottle feed two babies when you've only got two hands? You know, like it's mm. a whole other thing to learn. So I think for me, I just asked a lot of questions of other mums who had been there and what they learned because you learn pretty quickly when you're thrown oh. in the deep end of what to do and what not to do with twins, you know. Um, yeah, so just asking questions. I think obviously people do that at any, you know, whether you're having one mm. baby or or twins, just asking for advice and whether you take it or not, it's up to you. Yeah, and so the advice, what what advice would you give to someone who maybe is expecting twins? What's some things that really kind of, they might not even be big things, but really helped you in your early days with the twins? Yeah, I mean, I think for anybody with newborn sleep is the only way that you function. And Mm -hmm. um, the hard thing about twins is that, you know, you've got two individual babies and you can't go, I'm going to treat them as one unit because one's going to wake at this time and one's going to wake 30 minutes later and one doesn't settle, you know. So, mm. and also the fact that your part, generally speaking, you each have to have a baby. So it's not like you can take a turn and go, oh, I'm going to sleep tonight and you can have the baby. It's like, mm. no, we're both in this together. So um, we actually did shifts, which was the game changer. Um, when we could, I did mixed feeding um mm. which I think is common of of twins mm. um 
for sanity reasons um, and props to anyone who can breastfeed twins solely. But, yeah, I, I mixed feed. And so I was able to say Chris slept from 7 p.m. until midnight or 1 a.m. and I would just have the babies for that time. And then he would have the babies from 1 or 2 a.m. through till 6 a.m. And mm. so I would be able to get four to five hours of consistent sleep. And there was this rule that you did not wake the other person unless, mm. you know, you needed to wake them like it was like your mental health suffering or whatever was going on. Otherwise, it mm. is that is their time to sleep and that's their sanity. Let them have it, you know. Um, and so even though Chris was up early, he was able to, like, maybe even catch a couple more hours when the babies were down again. So mm. he might get six to seven hours of sleep a night. And so he's sort of functional for work. Um, you need, obviously, have a supportive partner to do that. But that is how we survived really was just getting some just not broken the first couple mm. of nights we got half an hour sleep each night and I was like oh. this is not this is not sustainable <laughs> no oh yeah so that change is... things pretty quickly <laughs> yeah and I'm oh, just wow so many do you know things is even like this just baffle me I'm just like actually like getting in the car with twins and like <laughs> It's the simplest things, right? And I'm just like, I almost, I just want to watch it happen. Because I'm like, <laughs> I feel like when me and Louie leave the house, there's so much to pack. And like, there's so many things that I'm like running through my head around. Well, we've got this, we've got this, and we're getting out the door. But I'm like, if you've got twins and then you've also got a toddler, I'm like, what does that look like? Yeah, that looks like a circus is what that looks like. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I had like my dream car, which I had this um, Audi Q7 was my car, and um, I've had to trade it in for a sliding door Kia Carnival. <laughs> and at the time I was like, I'm not doing sliding doors, Chris. But at the push of a button, I've got two capsules in my hands. At the push of a button, the door slides open. One capture goes in, walk around to the other capsule, and Harry just walks on through like it's just a dream car. But you know, yeah. I think there's there's obviously things that you have to change in your lifestyle when you when you and just the fact that most cars don't fit three car seats like that across the back seat, you know. So yeah. there are changes, and I've seen that of other twin mums of saying, "Oh, what car do you recommend to fit three car seats across the back?" So you know, some people who have three kids don't have that because at least one's out of the car seat. So. There definitely are changes that you have to make, but um, mm. yeah, I'm I'm not the most organised mum. I'm can organise a wedding like nobody's business, but in my own life, and anyone will tell you this, I'm extremely disorganised. <laughs> um, so I remember being at um, like a market, and another mum comes up to me. She's like, "Oh, I forgot my wipes. You have wipes." And I was like, "I love that you think I'm the mum that has wipes, but I also do not have wipes." <laughs> <laughs> like all the time like oh, you know forgot this forgot this so yeah we're frequent you know run into the run into the gas station or the petrol station or um the supermarket if I've forgotten something so it's already chaotic you know like having oh. to stop in at the supermarket makes no difference <laughs> oh my gosh but how do you get them all into the soup like how do you go around the supermarket with all three of them um, yeah, well, that's a novelty in itself. We shop at specific supermarkets who have twin prams, so twin prams, oh. twin trolleys. Yeah, yeah, because some supermarkets actually have the double um, mm. carrier in the front, the baby. But you say them now you say that. Yeah, so you actually, um, there's some that don't, and you just don't shop there. So you go, and I would just have the trolley there by the car, put one in, 
go around, put the other one in, put Harriet in the trolley. And the, you just get so many looks. Like, I mean, you think about the logistics of going to a cafe by myself. Oh I my have to take, yeah, like if I, right now I can still carry two babies. So I'll walk in, but I rely on someone else getting the door for me. And mm. then I have put them in high chairs and then I need to go back and get my baby bag. And so everyone's looking like, why have you left these two babies in the cafe? It's like, well, tell me how else I'm meant to do this, please. I'd love yeah. to know, you know, and without, you know, really going into a pram and trying to get the pram. Cause not every cafe's friendly no. to prams and you know, then it's harder trying to whack everyone when you go through. So you just learn really quickly and you rely on other people kind of looking at you going, she looks like she needs some help, you know, yeah, um, and opening like, a door, or, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I kind of just glazed over it, but now I'm thinking about it. Obviously, with the C-section recovery, what was that like when you've still got to run around after a toddler and you've got twins to look after? Like, how how was that for you? Yeah, it was really hard actually, yeah. and I think I actually felt that there wasn't enough education available or given to me about the recovery of a C-section. I mm. I don't have any trauma or hard feelings about it, but I think that I didn't understand. And also because I'm not somebody who sits still, I'm always on the move. Mm. Like I put the twins in the pram and was like going on this big walk at like four days postpartum. Oh, wow. And I got back and was like, wow, I don't think that was a good idea, <laughs> you know, yeah. whereas with Harriet, I was back doing events a week after birth, so I wasn't used to the fact that I couldn't do that, um, and my midwife obviously was not happy that I was doing it, but yeah, mm. it was it was definitely hard and not being able to pick up Harriet, who was two and a half, um, and yeah, just sort of having to explain to her that actually mum can't pick you up, and I mean, you do that with a single baby or, or twins, but just also not having hands-free I think you know if I was having to hold two babies that I don't have another hand for her to even just sort of welcome her in you know for a hug or thing so she learned pretty quickly I I made some things um I did specific things for Harriet to kind of adapt so the babies both came home from the hospital with presents on top of their capsule for her you know things that I knew that she would really love and like oh she got you this and Millie got you this and she just thought it was the best thing ever she's obviously in an age of understanding that at two and a half you know if if Mm. it's younger it's not as easy to understand um and then we just did everything that I did I did for Harriet in those first four weeks because you know the babies don't really care where they're going so it was very much like how are we going to the park or what park do you want to go to today? What do you mm. want to do today? So she sort of felt like her world hadn't changed that much, even though there was a whole lot going on behind the scenes with twins. Um, yeah, so she did okay in those first mm. sort of few months of adapting. Wow. I'm thinking, like, so when you had Harriet, you had, was it the one business at that time? Yeah, we had we had flock and we only had it in Hawke's Bay and actually mm-hmm. Auckland, we launched Auckland a week before she was born. Oh, wow. <gasps> oh yeah, my. So there's, that's a story. So yeah. um, I was 41 weeks when I had Harriet at home on the day, 41 weeks of the day. And um, I, Chris had to go to Auckland four hours after she was born and he was away for five days so we, yeah, he just left. Like he welcomed Harriet, <clears throat> met her, and then walked out the door for five days. Um, 
I think that if you have your own business, you Mm. can understand the sacrifices that need to happen and the personal sacrifices that happen. But we had three containers that had come in. They'd been there. We had product promised to weddings out of those containers. And we just launched into a whole other area that, you know, was sort of mattered that 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 all went smoothly um and we didn't have staff up there you know we've just launched it I think we had one staff member ready to run it so yeah it was just what was necessary so I got sent all these pictures of um this wedding and these events that were taking place and all the new furniture um for Auckland and yeah just what and came back five five days later so my mum stayed with me for five days which was fantastic but yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting going through that without your husband or your partner, you know, and I felt for him yeah. too, of, you know, like his yeah. first baby's there and then off he goes. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. Um, and I was back at work a week after having Harriet. Um, I was oh. doing flowers and events and she was sitting in a little capsule <laughs> by the pole of a marquee. Um, yeah. 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 So there was, was no... Intense. No, no mat leave for you, really. Yeah, <laughs> at all. No, yeah. no, and I and I had a pregnancy with the twins. I was sending emails two hours after my C-section, oh, and it's yeah, it's interesting. Like I look back and I, I can, I do have some regrets in how I did things. Definitely have some regrets. I think yeah. there are circumstances that can't be changed. So, do I have regrets about circumstances that can't be changed? Not really. And that was probably Chris leaving after Harriet, but. You know, three months after Harriet, I'm rocking myself in the bath because I've I've overshot it. You know, mm. we didn't have any of that postpartum recovery. Um, but you've got things like can you can you afford to employ someone in your business when you take out yourself as the operator? You know, mm. all of these different things. So um, yeah, I mean, it's been a journey. Um, having the twins was. Um, eye-opening for me I think and and changing priorities and how I prioritize my time and what I want to do in the business and I have Mm. employed people around me that frees me up because Mm. I think when you you know are out of that stage for me the newborn stage is easier they're just you know they're hanging out it's pretty easy I can be on a computer and send emails but as soon as they start to crawl and you know get interactive you really need to change how you're doing things so Mm. For me, yeah, the first six months wasn't was sort of like could have done whatever, but I think after that, it's then when I've changed how I've approached having children with working. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, that definitely makes sense, and I can completely understand how. Yeah, like when, when they're new, but they sleep. You know, yeah, I, I know yeah. not all newborns sleep a lot, but you do get those long breaks yeah. sleep in the day. Um, they're not as alert and like you do have a little bit more time to do things and then almost like overnight they're just so much more alert they mm. need that they're they're watching you you don't mm. want them to see you just always on your laptop or your phone and kind of not engaging with them like they they kind yeah. of need that what then I guess because this is like the thing with running your own business isn't it you have the flexibility to create and you know create a way of working that suits you and your lifestyle. But on the flip side, you never switch off, which I guess is just exactly Mm. what happened for you. It's like you can't, you couldn't step away or you could employ someone, but obviously that has a cost associated with it. And, you know, for a lot of mums and parents out there, like they actually can't afford 
to take too much time off work at the moment. Like it's just life mm. is so expensive. So I guess how how does life look for you and your family at the moment from a from a juggling the work, the mum, having a you know a relationship with your husband, like relationship <laughs> with friends. What does that all look like? Well, like what's an average week at the moment? If that, that yeah. Happens. Yeah, it does. Um, I have got a personal nanny for our family that does two to three days a week. And she has she came on with the twins for six months. Um, prior to that, my kids have never had a day in childcare, and that includes Harriet. Mm-hmm. So she was two and a half, she was three actually, before she went into any form of daycare. And the only form is, is um, Renee, who's my incredible nanny. Um, and I chose to have a personal nanny, and I can obviously afford to have a personal nanny, which is a very, very different situation that a lot of people find themselves in. Mm. But that also for us is um, a financial um, sacrifice, I would say, that we have made for our family and how we want it to look and be and function um, mm. and what makes sense for our lifestyle. Um quite often we can't go, oh, I can do a 9 a.m. drop and a 3 p.m. pickup. Like, that sounds nuts, but we can't, you know. Um, things change so quickly when you're doing events and anything can go wrong. Um, so now, you know, Renee comes to her house and Renee leaves at this time and, and occasionally I have to say, hey, look, we have to change this and she can adapt to what we're doing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I I had Harriet with me for three years and she went with me pretty much everywhere I went. I had my mother, when it got to the point where I was actually on my, like you said, I was on my computer for like 10 hours a day trying to keep up with the growth of our business. And I had Harriet and I just said, I can't do this, actually. This is not, this is not healthy. And mm. I, I went to employ someone and my mother said, hey, can I come and work for you? I'd love to work for you. And then I can actually be both. I can be this admin person, but I can also um, have Harriet when you need me to. Because it gets to the point oh, where you wow. can't take your kid to meetings, right? You, know, yeah. you can't take your kid to work. Um, They're not sitting there so- quietly anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I, I want to um, touch on the employer thing, but, you know, like for mum to, to come and work for me, again, is a luxury. Not everybody's parents are doing that. But but that's also like, you know, if you are self-employed and, and that is something that you need to do, there can be ways that you can, you know, put that into a job description as well to say, mm. hey, look, I need someone who's doing admin, but I actually need this daycare or this childcare aspect to it. To it. And you'll find lots of people that will still be happy to do that, you know. Mm. Um, so it is just how you, you know, form these people around you and, and, and setting the expectations mm. of, of what is, you know, required of them, I think is possible. But, mm. um, yeah, now with, with um, Renee, my nanny, she came on when the twins were six months and it got to the point where it actually was I went – I took used to take the babies into office hours when they were younger. Like I think from four weeks, they actually I went back into the office with my staff and I would have them in their capsules and they would sleep and my staff would just pick up a baby if they needed to if I didn't have any hands. But it was just mm-hmm. me there as a presence to answer questions and whatever. Um, and I remember at six months I went in there and everyone was so busy and I remember these babies just kicking off and, you know, they, they both crawled at six months, they were on the go and I was like, oh, I can't do this, like this is not sustainable and this yeah. idea in my head of always having my kids with me went out the window like that because mm. I just looked at the situation and said I can't actually sustain this. Um, yeah. 
And that's when I said, okay, I need someone to come into our life and do this, you know, be whether, whether or not we put them into childcare or whatever, but we needed something at that moment um, pretty urgently. <laughs> wow. And yeah, so in terms of your work now, so you're like you mentioned, I think at the start, you're a little bit more behind the scenes. You're not so much like out there doing events. So you kind of, is that you kind of can do you work a lot from home or, or how how do you manage that now? Yeah, so I have two days a week that I expect my staff to come into office hours. There's about seven of us around the table and I employ a mix of people but um, sort of half are mothers um, and half aren't. And but mm. earlier the ratio of mothers were higher. I had, you know, mothers working for me. So the idea was I, I want these two days from you. It's only three hours per day. Mm. Um, and I, I need you there so that we can connect and everything. And then, you know, but I've always said to them as well, I don't care when you work. So one of my girls, she works, I think she works like seven till 11 in the evenings. And she's actually, you know, she knows she has to answer important questions, but otherwise she just works. Mm. So, um, yeah, I come, I go into the office on those two days and those are my days of scheduling meetings or whatever I need. Um, I, do I just am there now to hover you know like I've got these different Mm. businesses so I um I forward all of the emails to where they need to go and then I'm answering a lot of questions of various people and doing all the behind the scenes like at the moment we've got a lot of things going on just with containers arriving so it's yeah really a lot of behind the scenes I um I wanted to be client facing and still will be a little bit client facing with planning but um, as an aside, I actually lost hearing in one of my ears earlier in the year permanently. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, have had to change. I had to actually step back from work quite a lot um, to to manage that. But yeah, so how I am now is definitely I've got to be present, and I I have a lot going on. So my phone is constantly going off and emails constantly going. But I think it's just about saying these are the days that I'm willing to work. And these are the days that I have my kids and I'm not willing to work or I'll mm. answer you if it's urgent, you know. Um, and I've also got to the point where if I have to sit at my computer to do it, it's scheduled for those office hours. And mm. otherwise, I'm not I'm not going on my computer unless it's urgent. And then it'll be like a, sorry, you know, especially to Harriet, sorry, babe, I've just got to jump on my computer for a bit and mm. I'll try bus, you know, but it's got to be pretty urgent for me to do that. That's a really good way of, I guess, like being disciplined with your time. I remember I actually listened to another podcast about this when you're kind of like a a mother returning to work or a father returning to work is that you are responsible for setting your boundaries. If you're going Mm -hmm. to reply to messages and emails from people, even if it's not in your working hours, well, you're setting the tone that you're okay with that. And then they're yeah. just going to obviously keep replying and keep messaging you because they'll think, oh, you know, just flick her a message. She'll, she usually checks it. But if you're actually mm. set out from the start and be disciplined around actually, no, that's not my working hours, I'm not going to reply, then, you know, you you set the tone and you set those boundaries. And I read something as well. It was, it's kind to be clear. So mm, 100%. if you're, you know, clear around what you're going to do, and do that that's actually being kind because you're not confusing people and you know I don't know it's just something that's always set with me and I mean I, I say these things but I'm not so good at putting it into practice myself um, <laughs> but I do keep yeah. coming back to it and reminding myself do you have any little like tips or 
tricks around that sort of stuff that works for you because I also it's hard isn't it because it's like I feel like everything you know there's social media there's emails there's mm. just general planning your kids social calendars your own yeah, social yeah. calendars it's hard to not be on your phone a lot when you are oh, working 100%. with your mother right yeah. Yeah, it is. I think, you know, I used to reply at 10 p.m. at night and it was just normal for me to reply at 10 p.m. at night because I had Harriet or um, the babies or or I was just working that much that I was still working. Um, but, yeah, same thing as, as what you said, that that's then the expectation more than they mm. email at you whatever time. And, and especially in the work that I'm in with brides, there's this kind of urgency that mm. isn't that urgent, but there's the feeling of urgency. And so it's mm. very much like, oh, I, I need this replied to right away. And, I mean, I definitely had success in our companies through replying very, very quickly, you know. Mm. So I understand the need of that initial capture. But I think for me, like I've, I've always said to the to the girls, you know, can we start, like really start thinking about scheduling your emails? You know, it's so simple to schedule this for 8 a.m. tomorrow. And then even if you're working at night, they don't know you're working at night if they get the email you know, 9 a.m. Mm. in the morning or schedule it for a random time so they think you've just started working, you know. Um, mm. But I think also it's just saying, like what you're saying about I'm um, kind to be clear, mine is the same for expectations. I always set the expectation of of my staff, like, hey, look, I don't want kids in the office for these three hours or if we're in certain circumstances, it doesn't matter. You know, like if we were at mum's dining table, hey, look, they can go into the lounge and it's not a problem. Um, mm. I've always been okay with, you know, smaller babies. Um, it's not a problem. But when they get, you know, older toddler age, it's really difficult. Yeah. So that's my expectation of the staff. The expectation is during school holidays, you need to make one or one of these two days, whether that's Zoom or whatever. So I think then, you know, my own expectations as an employer is put on them, but also their, what they say to me, like, um, you know, I just had one of my staff the other day as a mother said, hey, look, I'm going to have um, my toddler these two days. I'm This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to Zoom in for this or this or this, you know. And so straight away I know, cool, that's, that's where mm-hmm. they're at. Um, and so all the expectations are set about um, them working while being a mother and me being employed, me employing them while as a mother. We're all very, very clear in our communication. So we're able to say, you know, this works like my sister-in-law works for me. And she says, hey, look, I, you know, she's been away a couple of days. I've, I've got to have um, my daughter today. What do you think? Do I need to come into office hours? And it's up to me. And I know that because she's posed the question, it's up to me. But if also if it was just said, I can't do this, then, you know, like mm. people who have the understanding and the expectation is clear that, you know, that's the situation they find themselves in. And I think, I mean, I know that when you're when you're in a hardcore corporate world, it's really, really difficult, right? Like if you're a lawyer, mm. you're not taking your, <laughs> your kid into work. That's very mm. different. But I think the person who's doing that and, and they – return to work as a lawyer and they know that that is their circumstance, then they sort of set themselves up for that, you know, however that is in their background, whether that's their childcare. But there are other options, not necessarily for that person, but for someone who wants to return to work, who um, wants to work but wants to have that balance. There are so many businesses that will employ based on family circumstance. And I think that it's just when you're really clear about asking those questions or the expectation that this is what you want to do or you go, you know, like there's a jobs for mum, mums thing that's just started up 
people will employ mothers yeah Yeah. yeah. people will employ like for me I employed mothers starters because I could only afford 10 to 15 hours a week for my admin staff so I thought that's the perfect job for a mum so I actively sought out mothers (laughs) first of all because I was like well they're going to be organized because if they can handle a kid they can handle some brides you know was the thought process but also that 10 to 15 hour kind of job is like a lot of women want to return to that versus Mm. you know the full 40 hour week if they can afford it or they want to start there you know when they've got a three-month-old baby or things like that so there's ways to kind of you know, handle it and, and, and your expectations about what you're going to work or all of those kind of things. I've also heard, I actually heard someone say something and it's like, you want, if you like by employing someone who's got kids, like you do not need to worry about them being productive. Like if you could see what they could achieve <laughs> when their kids are sleeping. Like sometimes I think about this when I'm like, Louis down for his lunch nap and I'm Pooning around the house like sometimes I sit down at the end of it and I'm like whoa like I just got some stuff done like that was impressive and it's like you can achieve so much um when you know like okay I've got this much time and mm. then after that time I don't have you know I, I'm back to being you know on mum duty and so I've just got to smash it out and you can get so much done so there's actually a few reasons that you should probably people should look at employing mothers in terms of productivity. Um, oh, totally, yeah. And people ask me how I do so much, and it's exactly that. It was especially when the twins were little. You know, if I got both those babies sleeping at the same time, like the ability to bust it out was just phenomenal. You know, it was two babies asleep, like we're going, and just type, 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 and I would just clear, clear, clear my email inbox. <laughs> you know, rare, rare occasion. Do you find, because like this is something I'm wondering now as someone that's, you know, returning to, I've returned to work, I'm kind of quite part-time still, but like how do you stay on top of the home life? You know, the the cooking, the cleaning, or does your nanny help with that? I mean, this is where I kind of get, I'm like, there's a, like, and I, my household with my husband is very much like we sh- we split, we divide, we conquer, but what works for you and your family because you'll have even more dishes and washing with three kids yeah we def- we are the same sort of modern family share the roles um I actually had my my mother-in-law give me this really kind of um it was it wasn't odd advice at the time I still don't think it is but it's it's maybe a little bit old school but she sort of said when you have a job when you're a mum and when you know you know also have the housework that one of one of those three things will suffer either housework mm. being a mum or your work one of those three things and I sort of thought yeah yeah okay but I actually think she's probably quite right mm. that you know like if you if you're just working doing the housework you know your kids will suffer vice versa I've I found it to be true actually in every sphere so mm. for me the housework is the one that suffers 100%. Like we get through with what we get through. You know, like we have a – it's not – we don't have time to organise all our garage and do all of this stuff, you know, but it is very much – Chris does all the laundry. He likes it because I've blown up several washing machines and ramming it in there. So (laughs) he does the laundry. But I do all the cooking and then I I do the dishes after the cooking. It's kind of this unspoken thing of like I'll do all of that and I enjoy it. It's a de-stress for me. Mm. Um, It's time away from the kids for me. So that's my thing. You know, Mm -hmm. so we've just figured it out. Um, 
like anyone who knows her goes, well, she doesn't have this amazingly clean home. And I don't because that is the mm. thing that has to suffer because it's not going to be the other two things, you know. So mm. I just always say to Chris, like if he walks in and it's utter chaos, I don't have to apologise to him, but I just say, mm. hey, look, sorry, we had a, I had a great day with the kids and I had to work. You know, yeah. of. like yeah. the house is not going to be clean for you when you come back, and it's just that's what it is, and and then we'll work together to clean it up at night. But yeah, I mean, I think if you've got the ability to pay someone a couple of hours a week to come through and clean if you're really busy, that's you know a luxury. I haven't done that. My nanny's fantastic. I generally come home to things vacuumed in the kitchen or cleaned and some washing done. So that is you know another perk mm-hmm. of having um, that position. But yeah, I mean probably asking the wrong person because you know my sister-in-law loves it she's going to immaculate home with her baby that's her thing she loves cleaning she loves it so it's not really my thing yeah (laughs) bottom of the list yeah it's hard it's hard yeah and I think it's it's I read a book and it was like I think it's called drop the ball and it's just like you you actually have to drop the ball in one area of your life to be able to you know, if you want to work full time and have the career in the business, like something has to give. You actually cannot do it all. And for the people that are portraying to be doing that all, like there is something, you know, social media can be hard in those circumstances because you don't see mm. what's going on behind the scenes. And they're like, how do they do all of that? And it's like, there'll be a reason why they can do totally, all of that, you know? Um, yeah. And that's why there's what? no photos of my house on Instagram. <laughs> I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind putting it on and I have done like I'll, I'll show you know things and I have no real real problem of um sharing the reality of my life but also it's just it's not that it's not nice it's just not necessary to walk around showing the state of things but um, yeah yeah I, I but it's interesting content I though I kind of yeah, I get into like I think um Josie for, who runs the Instagram account Playbase Peppy. I'm not sure if you follow it. I had her on the yeah. podcast the other week and she gets everyone to share their washing lines and their washing baskets of just like all the unfolded washing and it makes you feel instantly better when everyone has got these like outrageous amounts of washing. You're like, "Sweet, I'm you know, I'm, when, I'm not alone here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my couch with all of that. It just gets piled on, and then I just sit and watch, like, three episodes of something and just sit at night and fold this washing. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you say has been your hardest and most enjoyable season of motherhood to date, and why? Um, I think the hardest really was the first three months of Harriet, not because of her as a baby, because of circumstances that mm. um, I was working a lot and, you know, I was out lifting furniture and it wasn't good for me. And I, mm. like I said about the regrets, that is something that probably could have been changed. I could have made a better decision for myself mm. at that point. Um, so that probably was the hardest because of what I did to myself, really. Um mm. The best is actually probably right now, to be honest. Mm. I feel that I have finally got into a balance of understanding what matters and making financial sacrifices to put things in place um, to make sure that that happens. You know, like going back to the cleaner, Mm. to pay someone, you know, 60 60 to $75 a week 
because of that, if that's important to you to take that out of your, you know, day to day, what can you financially sacrifice to make that happen? You know, or the childcare, if you need a childcare day for whatever reason, you know, to do that. And I think we've done that so that right now could be the most enjoyable for me to have two days a week sometimes three, where I am able to just do my business. I don't have to worry about what they're doing. Or I also don't have to worry about sickness, you know, mm-hmm. because Renee's there with them. So even if they're sick at home, they're still there. She's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pay for these luxuries in my life that allow me to work two days and really have a fantastic time with my kids for the other five. Mm-hmm. Um Chris is home for two of those, which two, you know, is up to the work schedule. But, yeah, it's sort of got to the point where I feel, yeah, I've, I've managed to say, hey, look, I'll say this stuff, hey, look, I'm actually not available this afternoon because I'm doing this. And it means that I'm not going to check my phone and I'm not going to look at my emails and I'm with my kids. And mm. then occasionally it's a I'm with my kids, but I do have to check my phone. Um, yeah. yeah, so I feel like now when they're running around and they've got these you know crazy personalities and you're seeing them change and learn so much you know over well kind of like from nine months to three you know huge changes massive changes and I remember saying with the twins I'm not going to miss that like I did with Harriet not in the way of her not being there but just being so busy that she was with me literally every day um but not necessarily with her as the priority in those days you know yeah Um, so now I think to actually have the balance and have these kids running around, it's really fulfilling. Oh, that sounds so good. And I'm so happy that, like, yeah, you've got to a point where you've got – because it's so hard to get that balance right. And it, it's trial and error because there's no set method that works for every family. I think that's like, you know, there's nothing that you can say, like, do this and you'll have balance in your life because balance looks different for everyone. But it's totally. nice to hear yeah. of, like, I guess someone who's a very – career focused woman and mother being able to kind of you know fulfill all your different cups um do you ever I mean I'm not sure if you do but have you ever kind of felt that mum guilt around the career and the work and choosing to 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 do so like to to be so busy from a career perspective or has it always been something you knew you would prioritize and it's just who you are Yeah, it actually, I never, ever thought I would be this person, like, Mm. ever. So I always thought that I would be at home with the kids and be a mum and, um, yeah, enjoy that. And I actually want to homeschool my kids so that I'm going to have to change things a little bit, um, mainly around what what we want to kind of do as a family. So we think that the flexibility allows us to do that. so, yeah, I, I never thought I was going to do this, and it kind of evolved into this. Um, I have definitely had mum guilt, but I think for me I look at what I need as a mother and what gives my kids the best of me. For some women I find, you know, I really, really admire them, that they can be with their kids all day, every day. They absolutely love it. Their kids get, you know, all of these most incredible, like, homemade lunches and gummies and all of these, you know, um, <laughs> things I see on Instagram. It's totally not me. But um, 
I look at that and really admire it. I've never compared myself to another mother. I was saying that to one of my staff members that I haven't because I think we're all just trying to survive. And whatever that looks like to different people is very, very different. For me, survival is having those two days for myself and being Mm. able to work and, and do that. And that is me. And then I give the best of my kids, you know, those other three days. Could I be with my kids five days a week? I mean, anything's possible. You make it happen, you make it work. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not something for, for me, really. Um, mm. And so while I admire the woman that can do that, that's not me. I don't think that it should be that I should feel guilt for, for that part of me. Um, and I don't think that the mother who has their kids and, and that fulfills them should feel guilt for not working, you know. Like mm. it's so weird to put those expectations mm. on people. And, and obviously social media doesn't help, but um, – yeah, to look at people and, and, and say what they should or shouldn't be doing. I, I definitely get a lot of people going, how and why do you do what you do? But I don't think they realise that there is a lot of time for my kids and we have a great mm. time. And, um, yeah, we it's not like they suffer because I have these jobs, you know. Yeah. Um, different story, very, very different story if your child is suffering because you have these jobs. Like, okay, mm. something needs to be changed there, but... Um, the second that I thought that would happen, there would be something to change. But yeah, I don't, and that was what with when I said with Harriet when I was working so much and I knew I needed to change it. Um, mm. Yeah, really interesting, Mum Guilt, eh? Like, yeah, it's it's a funny one as well because I think you know when you have your your first baby, you never really know what you're going to be like, and like it's so hard to say how much parental leave you're going to take because. You don't know. Mm. Like, yeah. So many situations where people return sooner or they end up taking longer, even though they thought they would want to be back at work quickly. And it's just so different for everyone. And I, I totally agree. Like, I don't think anyone should feel guilt for whatever works for them and their family. Like, I personally have returned to, I returned to work kind of very part time when Louie was about 10 months old. So, and I was kind of like, oh, we'll see how this goes. Like, I'll just start dipping my toe in the water and see how I feel. Mm. And, like, for me personally, like, I love I love having work and Louie in my life together. I think for me that's, yes. that's my really good place is I'm not doing full-time of either. Um, I yes. really enjoy having that mental simulation, having adult conversations, and I think I'm a better mother when I've had that rather yeah, than just being yeah. full-time mum at home. Like I, I think for me it's a mix and um so grateful that I'm in a position where, you know, I'm not I'm not going back to work full-time yet, but the, you've also got to weigh up the costs of daycare for you to go back to work full-time yeah, and definitely. all these different things. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I completely agree with you. I think it also, like, for me, like what I said about financial sacrifice, um today is really hard to do that right everyone's just trying to survive as it is regardless of thinking about sacrifices they're going to make but um I do think it's true of just the small things that you can do to you know make things work for you a little bit better in in Mm. your day-to-day life and also like I'm not a I'm not a believer that you know you start in one job and, and that's your job you know I think I this is a whole other story, but I was a professional classical musician. I played with New Zealand Symphony when I was six. I now do something, yeah, I now do something very, very different. So for me, it's like, I don't think, if something needed to change, 
in your career because of your children, then 100%, you know, go for it. And I, I've talked to mums that are going back to study because they think it's going to change things and people have changed jobs because it frees them up for their kids, you know. Like those are the, the things that just change in your life because of the circumstances. Like you say, you have no idea what you're going to be like as a parent until you mm. have your baby and how you think you're going to be and how you actually are two different people. So sometimes things need to change around around that mm. um, and, what, and what works and having conversations with employers and saying, hey, actually, I'm in a very different state than I thought I would be. I'm either keen to come back or I'm keen to be part-time or I'm keen to leave, you know, um, and just making decisions and being a little bit more bold about what works for people in their everyday life. Mm. Oh, I love that. What is something you wish you knew about babies or becoming a mother that you didn't know, which you think would have been helpful to know earlier on or like some advice you'd give to someone who's expecting their first child or twins? Yeah, I got really hyped up in all the details, I think, before I had Harriet. Like, I think everyone's like, oh, you need to read this book and oh, you need to do this. And I think, you know, we're very instinctive as mothers and that's not just a myth, that's, you know, fact. Mm. Um, and I think that once I had Harriet, I was like, oh, my God, you know, that didn't even matter. <laughs> Half of that stuff didn't matter. And I thought, I think that I got caught up a lot. I remember crying when I made her first birthday cake because I was like, I hadn't done the homemade food thing. I was so busy that I had bought some other um, woman in business had, had made these, like, little pot of gold things that were called, and they were kind of, like, mashed up roasts and things like that. And I was mm. Harriet. Because I didn't have the time to cook her her baby food. But mm. hey, she was eating whole food and it was all okay. And now there's nourished and I did the same with my twins. But I just remember this being this big thing, like, you know, cooking for your baby and doing this and all of that. And I remember, yeah, actually in the thick of it, it didn't happen for me. And that was okay. And I wish that I had just sort of said, do, you do you and you know what's best for your baby and, and mm. make it work for you however you can and your lifestyle and your, and your finances or whatever and just, you know, survive and do the best you can for your kids rather than, you know, like comparing or mm. all of these details that when, you know, when you've got this baby that's like absolutely adoring you, healthy, love, you know, happy and everything, then that's enough, you know, that's what matters really rather than oh. everything else and what they wear and all of those things. It's hard. When you're in social media, it's hard to go to say mm. that and, and live this life surrounded by <laughs> a very different <laughs> aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so true, though. It is just like prioritizing what is important and what is important to you. And at the end of the day, if they're happy, healthy, you're happy and healthy, like, shit, you've done, you're doing pretty well, you know. Exactly. And tech, not, tech. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I think we put yeah. so much extra pressure on ourselves, like you say, with like all the that sometimes it's actually funny you say that because sometimes with like prepping food for Louie, I'm like, I go to all this extra effort. And then there's some days where I'm just like, oh, gosh, like what's Louie going to have for dinner? And then I'm like, why am I overcomplicating this? Like literally just open the fridge and like find some <laughs> random things that he'll eat because he will happily eat whatever. Like it doesn't need to look gourmet or fancy or be a particular yeah. baby recipe like just nice whole foods that I can serve him that are like you know been served in an appropriate way for his age like just do it like who cares like I sometimes just think I like make things way harder in my brain than they actually need to be <laughs> yeah yeah oh we all, we all do that don't worry yeah <sighs> oh I've just loved putting to you I think there's just so much 
I think it's so nice to to get a perspective from someone who has got a lot on in their life, but you know, is just finding their balance and the way that works the best for their family. It's it's really refreshing, and yeah, I've just loved speaking. So if anyone wants to check out any of your accounts, is Instagram. <laughs> way to I'm like where do I even start rattling these names off there's so many but Instagram yeah Instagram yeah yeah if they start with flock events they can find some things from there really but yeah yeah Instagram right. and see what see what we're up to and um the crazy life of what <laughs> events and weddings and babies and all of that oh so good I'll tag your accounts in the show notes so that people can go and check that out but I just want to say a big thank you for coming on and sharing your your motherhood and career journey it's super inspiring and just so so awesome to see you just smashing it in all these different facets of your life thanks for having me I've enjoyed enjoyed our chats and I think it's um I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I think it's really beneficial of people just having transparency in the early years of babies where everyone's in survival mode and they just love to know that other people are right there with them really all in the trenches together absolutely oh so good